Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. Stand up for your country. Another light day for President Biden. We'll get this out of the way fast. Uh, at 1120, uh, the president delivered remarks uh, honoring labor unions, which is a core constituency of his. 245, he got briefed on COVID. I've been briefed since uh, 7 this morning on COVID, so I am about see, seven to about eight hours ahead. Okay. So yesterday, uh, President Biden went to New Jersey and New York uh, to examine the Ida damage to promise the people uh, millions of dollars. And as I said, it's what presidents do. Okay. But he ran into uh, some Trump supporters who do not like him. Roll the tape. All right. Unfortunately, some of those protesters use obscenities. That's not acceptable. Uh, If you don't like the president, that's fine. But you honor the office. If you are a patriotic American, you don't have four letter words or yell obscenities at the president. Okay? does everybody understand that dissent all day long, all day long. That's a good thing. All right. So in reply, the president didn't reply to those people individually, but he did say uh, this later on. Go. The people who stand on the other side of the fences who don't live there, who are yelling that we're talking about interfering with free enterprise by doing something about climate change, they don't live there. Mm -hmm. They don't live. They don't understand. Yeah, they understand. I mean, they don't believe that $3.5 trillion uh, going to a theory is uh, good for them. You know, they understand. They just disagree with you. I mean, that's where it is. So um, a, a sitting president being heckled in a situation as high profile as a Hurricane Ida visit, you'd think that would make the network news as part of their coverage, right? No. All right. So ABC... CBS, uh, NBC, no, didn't cover it, didn't cover it, didn't mention it. Because now the strategy is anything that makes Joe Biden look bad, we are not going to tell you about. So I discussed this with Hannity today on his radio program. We have that posted on BillOReilly.com. So there are two strategies now being employed by the corrupt corporate media. Number one, protect Joe Biden. And the way you protect him is to ignore anything that makes him look bad. So Afghanistan shook a lot of people up in the progressive left. And they went, holy you know what, this could be a catastrophe. So the editorial decision has been made. We're not going to report it. And we documented that on last night's No Spin News. And if you did not see that, I hope you watch that. Because we, we brought in, you know, this is a major story. Networks don't cover it. Here's another one. Networks don't cover it. If you are a BillOReilly.com premium member or concierge member, you can access No Spin News anytime you want and all the back uh, issues. But that last night was an important program. Um, So you didn't get the heckled. What you are starting to see, and this is another by design. All right. You have to understand that these network news agencies, ABC, CBS, NBC, and to the extension of CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, in the morning, 
about eight o'clock, they have editorial meetings and they basically give out quote unquote guidance to producers and correspondents. Here's what pretty much you're going to do. It's not like a guy like me comes in and says, no, I'm going to do what I think the audience uh, would like to hear in the sense that it would inform them. That's what I did for 20 years plus at Fox News. Nobody ever told me, here's what you do tonight on your rally factor, ever, because I knew I would not sit for it. But that's a different era now. So the word has gone out to the correspondents. We have to start to rebuild President Biden's image. And the first shot came from Disney, ABC News, The View. Well, it was it was a difficult withdrawal, but let's not forget that 6,000 American citizens and more than 124,000 civilians were evacuated, in fact. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, uh, during the collapse of Saigon in 1975, they compare it to that. Uh, the U.S. evacuated just 7,000 people. This is a much bigger evacuation. This, I believe that in six months, people will say about this war, Biden got us out of the longest war that Americans ever had. Now, that's interesting because Behar had those stats provided by progressive people in front of her and was told, this is what you say. And she's more than happy to say it because she hates conservatives and Republicans. And I mean that literally. She despises them. It's a character disorder that she has. So the progressive people who run her every day, and this, again, this is ABC News. This is Disney Company, and they know it. And, um, you know, so you mark my words, and I'll document it on a daily basis, how this uh, rehab of Joe Biden is coming along. All right, let's get to COVID. And I have a final thought where I got a letter from an uh, anti-vaxxer. <laughs> you got to hear this letter. It attacks me, all right? And that's the final thought of the day. So I hope you hang tough. All right, so kids uh, and COVID is the big story now with COVID, all right? Uh, 252,000 children have tested positive for COVID in the past week. One week, beginning of school, 253 American children, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, okay? Now, by comparison, in the last week in school in June, 8,400 cases, COVID among kids. So it's gone from 8,400 to 252,000 week from June to September. This is because of that Delta variant, which is so contagious. It's just wiping out. And children under 12 are not getting the vaccination because it has not been approved by the federal government. All right. So if you're 12 and under, you don't get vaxxed. And only 15 percent of Americans aged 12 to 18 are vaxxed. So you could see what a colossal problem this is in the nation's schools. Now, a new poll, and I do not believe this poll, but again, I report this to you because it is public information and I'm not blacking out anything. But I don't believe this poll. So, you know. It's done by Axios, which is a left-wing internet site. And it says, um, thinking now about your 
oldest child age 5 to 17. Do you support or oppose mandates requiring students and staff to wear masks at your child's school? Now, why would they throw the word oldest child? It doesn't, all of this stuff is really dubious. So 59% of those who answered this poll and more than 12,000, no, 10,000 adults did. 59% of the 10,000 answered the poll say we support mass mandates in school. That's way too high. Uh, support mass mandates for unvaccinated students and staff, 10%. Oppose all mass mandates, 30%. I think it's more like 60-40 myself. 60% of Americans would or do support masks being worn in school and 40 opposed. My opinion, I could be wrong. Okay, so the more kids that get sick, the more power the progressives have to impose COVID mandates. So I'm not going to say they're rooting for kids to get sick, but it benefits that wing. There's no doubt about it. And I'm following this story very, very closely. The other story uh, that's getting some attention is the Fauci sending money to Wuhan lab story. Now, as you know, if you watch me, I don't have any use for Fauci at all. I think he's a political hack. I thought he was a hack under Trump. I think he's a hack under Biden. I think if he moved to uh, Lithuania, he'd still be a hack. That's just my uh, assessment of him. Now, you have to follow me closely here because this is misreported everywhere. But you'll get the truth from me, your pal. Anthony Fauci heads up, okay, the, let me get this great. He heads up the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID. All right. He's the director and he's been there forever. Again, it's the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. They gave the Wuhan lab in China seven million dollars. That thing. Fauci says that was just for general research. Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky and others say no. Fauci knew that the Wuhan lab was doing experiments on gain-of-function research. Now listen, I'm going to go very slow. This is very important. Gain-of-function research, which nobody understands, is simple. It is a program that wants to take viruses and increase their transmissibility in weapon form. All the major powers do it. We do it here in America. We have virus called biological warfare. All right. China was doing that in the Wuhan lab. Gain of function. Fauci says, we didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I'm not sure it even happened. This is Fauci's line. Now, we can't prove that Fauci knew it. Nobody can prove it. So when Rand Paul goes, I was a liar, he lies, he lies, he lies. He should have known it. Fauci should have known it. 
But did he know it? He's going to say, I didn't know it. Or it didn't happen. And Chinese are never going to admit it. Ever going to admit it. So you're never going to get 100% certainty on the Fauci story. What's important for you to know is that Fauci is not trustworthy. That's it. When he comes on, the thumb, see this thumb? Clicks. And he goes off. Because I don't believe anything the man says. Because he has no credibility. All right, 9-11 week. So Saturday is the 20th anniversary, 9-11 terrorist attack. President Biden, the first lady, are going to go to all three sites. All right, they're going to come to New York City, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and the Pentagon. The three attack sites. Kamala Harris, the vice president, going to Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Uh, In New York City, along with the president and first lady, will be Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. They will be here. George W. Bush is going to speak in Pennsylvania at Shanksville. Okay, that's the overarch of the Saturday situation. But I predict more people will watch college football than the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. You'll remember Bo Bergdahl, the deserter, the terrible person who uh, left his unit in Afghanistan and went and surrendered to the Taliban and did all kinds of terrible things. Well, you'll remember that he was exchanged in 2014. I covered this extensively on the O'Reilly Factor. I talk about it with Hannity today on a radio program. And he was exchanged for Taliban prisoners, four of whom are now in the upper echelons of running Afghanistan. So Barack Obama made the trade. Bergdahl came back. Okay, we haven't heard much from him. Um, He's gone underground now. Um, And Taliban went back to Afghanistan. Four of them now run the show there, just so you know. Um, But in Afghanistan, the two most important points are this. Now we are in a worse situation than we were 20 years ago vis-a-vis that country. Taliban more powerful now than they were 20 years ago. However, we had to do it because Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden were there and planning more terror attacks on the United States. We had to disrupt that. The Taliban would not cooperate. We had to remove them. We had to hunt down and kill bin Laden, which we did. Okay, so we had to do it. Now, did we have to stay for 20 years and try to make it a country full of democracy and modern uh, policies? No, we didn't have to do it. We tried it. It did not work. But. We had to go there, so everybody knows. Joining us now is Monica Crowley. I've known Monica for decades, and uh, she's a very smart woman. Uh, She just left the job uh, last January as former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Public Affairs under the Trump administration. Uh, She joins us from New York City. So, Monica, 9-11, where were you? What were you doing? So, on September 11, 2001, Bill, I was in New York City in this very apartment, and I was trying to get some exercise in in the morning, so I was working out on my stationary bike, watching Fox News, watching an airplane, small airplane, fly into the first World Trade Center building. When the second one hit, it was pretty clear that we were under terrorist attack. Okay, so your reaction then, and did you have any participation in the 9-11 thing here in New York City? Well, I was here, and I remember that day so clearly, Bill, even though it was 20 years ago. And I remember going to the grocery store 
almost in a panic because I don't think anybody's mind was working really clearly that day because nobody really knew what was what was happening. Um, and I remember going to the grocery store and the grocery store here in Manhattan had televisions set up on every aisle and people were just willy-nilly grabbing things off of the shelf. And then I remember coming home from that and sitting tight for about seven days straight just glued to the television set, just like every other American and so many others around the world. Okay. And then subsequently, you were on my program a number of times. We talked about uh, worldwide terrorism. You know the world pretty well. Um, And um, now we have, as I said, a worse situation 20 years later in Afghanistan. A, would you agree with that? And B, if you were president, how would you have handled the Afghan situation? Well, you know, Bill, it wasn't a question of whether or not we should get out. I think the American people, by and large, agreed that 20 years was more than enough. President Trump made that a staple of his 2016 and 2020 campaign, saying we're going to end these forever wars, including Iraq and Afghanistan. So the question was how we do it. And having worked with President Nixon during the last years of his life, Bill, he and I talked about how we ended Vietnam and the fall of Saigon. And I actually wrote a column about this recently, comparing the fall of Saigon to the fall of Kabul. The question is, how you leave matters as much, if not more, how you fight the war. And so what we have seen is an absolute catastrophic failure on the part of the Biden administration. Trump left a pretty good conditions-based plan for our withdrawal, and Joe Biden threw it out the window and put everything Uh, completely backwards. And now we're in a situation, as you point out, where not just the Taliban is stronger than they were 20 years ago, but we're looking at ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Iran and China, all beneficiaries of the way we have left Afghanistan. They are now all stronger and emboldened as a result of this catastrophic withdrawal. Okay, but give me one specific that you would have done differently than Biden did. Well, the first thing you do is you make sure that if you are going to fully withdraw and not leave a modest force in place, I would have argued to President Trump to leave the 2,500 troops in place. It was a modest commitment bill that had stabilized Afghanistan and kept the Taliban and and Al-Qaeda and the Chinese all at bay. So number one, I would have kept that residual force. Number two, if you're going to proceed with the withdrawal to that level, then you make sure you do it in a logical order. So you do the American civilians first, our Afghan allies that have been clearly vetted, uh, those go next. Then you withdraw all of our military material, all of our weapons, and then you remove the military. You don't do the opposite, which is what Joe Biden did. And 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 also one last thing, one last thing, Bill, and this is critical. You maintain the Bagram Air Base. You do not give that that. up. Right. I I think Trump would have done that. I can't speak to him. I will get it out of him in the history shows because Afghanistan obviously going to be a big part of our December presentations. Final question. You worked uh, with these pinheads in the Treasury Department for like three years. That would I would have committed suicide if I had to go in there every day and work with bureaucrats in the Treasury Department. But you seem to have liked it. A lot of people, including myself, are very worried about the American economy now because uh, Biden has no clue about anything. And we reported yesterday that, you know, gas prices are up to about four dollars and seventy five cents in California. 
$4.75. Um, and this hurts every working individual. You can pay 70, 75 bucks to fill up your tank. I mean, you're not getting a corresponding raise at work for that. So the economy itself, I'm not sure, I'm not confident that it will remain stable. How do you see it? I agree with you on that. You know, when Joe Biden came into office on January 20th, he inherited the fastest economic recovery from any crisis on record. That's what President Trump bequeathed to him. And over the last eight months, nine months, Bill, he has been very busy trying to destroy that economic recovery. What you have laid out is inflation. Every American is experiencing it. All you have to do is go to the grocery store or the gas station, regardless of where you are in the country, and you see those prices climbing. That is a direct result of the $6 trillion so far over the last 18 months that we have pumped down into the system. Now, when you have an emergency like we did last year, emergency level spending is totally logical. The government shut down the economy. Therefore, the government had to step into the breach and make sure the American people got through the acute period of the crisis. But the crisis is now over. The economy is wide open. And yet Joe Biden and the Democrats in Congress want to continue this emergency level spending, including trillions of dollars more. That means that the system is a wash in money. You have too many dollars chasing too few goods and services, and that means the price of everything is going up. And it impacts those at the lower end of the income scale, most of all minorities, working class, middle class folks. Their wages are not growing. Inflation is outstripping uh, that. And so everybody's paycheck is getting squeezed. And if the Democrats get their total desired spending, another about $5 trillion, you can imagine what inflation is going to look like. Yeah. This is going I mean, to look like child's play. It's, it's a direct, uh, the $5 trillion is not going to go for Build Back Better. Maybe 15 20% will. The other is just socialist programs, just giveaways. So people will vote for Democrats. That's what's happening. All right, Monica, very good as always. Thank you. Good to see you. And uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope, okay? You too. Always a pleasure, Bill. Uh, let's go to uh, the border. Uh, where are we getting uh, information that uh, the Border Patrol now turning back families, all families that approach the border being turned back to Mexico, unless they have a child under the age of one or if the migrant woman is pregnant. All right, so this information is coming to us from the Border Patrol itself. I believe the information. And it's all happening because federal judge Matthew Kamarsek a Trump appointee in Amarillo, Texas, ordered President Biden to return to the return to Mexico policy. It's a federal order. All right. So I get a lot of mail. What if Biden doesn't do it? Has to do it. Okay. Because it you violate a federal judge's order, you can be incarcerated. So the Border Patrol knows that, and they're turning him back now. How much of an effect will this have? I don't know. Okay, our information is coming from Texas, where the ruling was made. It is a federal judge. But we don't know what's happening in New Mexico, Arizona, and California. I'm on it. So some of you know I used to uh, live in Denver, Colorado, um, one of my favorite cities in the country. I worked at uh, KMGH-TV, CBS affiliate back then. Um, I had a blast. I just thought it was one of the greatest places that I've ever lived. 
But over the years, uh, Denver has changed for the worse because progressives, it's the same old thing, have moved into Colorado and have taken power um, because a lot of them are well-funded. So in Denver, um, the mayor there is, uh, I don't know how far left this guy is, Michael Hancock. I do know he cannot run the city of Denver. He just can't run it. And if you go there, I was there about a year and a half ago, there's homeless people everywhere. It's not as bad as San Francisco, but it's bad. Drug addicts all over the place. Downtown Denver, once pristine, um, is dangerous. So they've had to close Civic Center Park. Now, Civic Center Park is a national historic landmark in the middle of downtown Denver. And uh, the local authorities, including the mayor, say, we got to close it. It's too dangerous. And it's dangerous because you've got all these zombies uh, living outside and they're inhabiting this park and there's drug needles and there's defecation and there's uh, open drug use and there's violence and it's all over the place. So I got to kick it out of this. So uh, the mayor, Hancock, uh, says, quote, uh, no, I'm sorry, this is his deputy, um, Eric Lazari. We need to take this opportunity for a reset of the park and examine how to approach services, security, and other operational matters, unquote. That's not what you need to do. You need to throw these people out of the park. All right? This is city property. This is a national historic landmark. You kick them out. You don't let them use illegal drugs. You don't let them expose themselves and go to the bathroom on the streets. You arrest those people. You got it? That's how you do it, you pinheads. Oh, God. I don't know why people in Colorado don't wise up. I really don't know. And, you know, I got a letter because I said that California yesterday deserves the high gas prices. And somebody wrote, look, I live here and I'm not a loon. And, and do I deserve the high gas prices? I'm talking generally. All right, because it, it, the, the majority of voters rule. Here in New York, we New Yorkers, I'm one of them, we deserve what we're getting. Because we can't field candidates to overturn this progressive madness. Now, individually, it's not our fault. We're on the right side of history. But, you know, Colorado didn't always used to be this way. And I think there are a lot of traditional conservative people who are just too quiet. You know, you got to take it back. You got to be as loud as the progressives are. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD. 
877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, Texas. As a state, there's a lot of stuff going on in Texas. So the uh, University of Texas at Austin, the big, big one, UT, all right? The Longhorns, Hook'em Horns. Uh, they have a, a song, The Eyes of Texas. Always had it. Eyes of Texas is a good song. I don't see anything offensive in the song. I looked at the song. I lived in Texas for two years. I don't know. So students, some, have filed a complaint, a federal civil rights complaint, because they want to ban the eyes of Texas. Now, they tried this uh, before, and it didn't work. All right? So the complaint has been filed, and it claims that black students at UT have been denied the full university experience because the Eyes of Texas song was an official part of that experience. This is totally bull. They say the song is racially offensive. Why? Because they say it has something to do with Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general. Now, I can't find out what what that is. If you know what it is, let me know. It's not the Eyes of Texas are winking at Robert E. Lee. You know, I mean, it's just insane. Now, they'll lose because this is just garbage. But this is what happens. And all these kids want is attention. All right. Interesting story. Here we go. So climate change and Biden run around going, hey, think Hurricane Ida was bad. Or Hurricane Henri was bad. Wait, so it's going to climate change going to kill everybody. And this is so he can get his three point five trillion dollar infrastructure bill passed. Because Biden said, no, 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 we're going to build back better. We'll build bigger walls and stronger homes and uh, by that, which is never going to happen. OK, as I said, about 15 percent of that money will go toward actual infrastructure. The other 85 is for human infrastructure. They sneak that in. And human infrastructure is giving people who don't have a lot, giving them government money. That's human infrastructure. That's where most of the three point five trillion will go. Well, anyway, on September 8th, in the year 1900, the great Galveston hurricane hit 121 years ago. So about 3 a.m., the storm came across the island of Galveston. If you've been there, you know it's a, it's a little island right off the coast, all right? And 20-foot waves slammed into the city. Now, that city in the year 1900 was the most sophisticated city in Texas. It had the first telephones, the first lights. It had more millionaires than any place else. It was a very affluent place. Bang! Hurricane whips in. It lasts about three hours. And in the space of three hours, it kills about 12,000 people. Far and away, the worst natural disaster in U.S. history. Okay? 12,000. And the reason was there was no, people didn't even know how bad this thing was. All right, because the meteorology at that time was, didn't exist. And the mass media didn't exist. No TV, no radio, you know. Boom, they're dead, 12,000. But here's a part of the story that's very rarely told. So the authorities in Texas impressed at the service, mostly black males from the surrounding areas, to stack the bodies of those who drowned and were killed in a hurricane on barges 
all right, after the storm left. And those barges went out to the Gulf of Mexico and dumped those bodies in the water because they couldn't dispose of them and they feared that there would be an outbreak of disease. But they forced those laborers to do that. Now, I guess they paid them a little bit, but boy, oh boy, what a horrific thing that is. And that happened 121 years ago today, the worst hurricane ever. Quick break, back with the uh, mail segment, and then a final thought that it might be the most controversial final thought ever. So I hope you stick around. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's uh, hit the mail. David. If 80 million voters were really voting against Trump in the last presidential election and not for Biden, then why are we as conservatives and Republicans still supporting Trump? Because Donald Trump was effective as a president for most Republicans and conservatives. So he got more votes than any other candidate in history except Biden. And it's amazing. He got more votes than he did the first time around. So the job he did was effective. Now, that's separate from his personality and all the controversies. But that's why many Republicans now want him to run again, because he proved he could do the job. William, why is it that President Biden uses tough times in Louisiana to promote his socialist agenda and climate change agenda? Because that's what they do. All right. So the Biden administration wants to frighten all Americans that they're going to die from climate change or COVID, whatever it may be. And so you support what he wants to do. It's a simple one. What politicians do. Michael Seaman, Philadelphia. What is taking so long for the Catholic Church to kick out the president? First of all, they're not going to kick him out. All right. They're. In November, they meet and they may deny him the Holy Eucharist, the sacrament. It might happen. Pope doesn't want it to happen because he doesn't want the Catholic Church to be politicized because all hell, pardon the pun, is going to break loose if the bishops say Biden can't receive communion. Because there are a lot of Catholic politicians that support abortion rights. But as I said in my radio commentary today, Biden just doesn't support abortion rights. He promotes abortion. He wants as many abortions as possible. And I prove that by his unbelievable support of abortion on demand up till birth. That that is an extreme position. Polling in the United States is like eight to one against 
late-term abortion. But Biden's going, yeah, yeah, okay. Any reason, any time, go. That's promoting the killing of a baby or a fetus, whatever word you want to use, okay? It's promoting it. Because in most places, there are limits. You can only go up to this point. Not for Joe. So the bishops are going to have to say, this is far beyond a matter of conscience. Okay, because the liberal line, if you are a politician, Kerry used it, Ted Kennedy used it, the Cuomo's used it, is, well, personally, I don't really like abortion, but I can't impose my religious beliefs on others. Well, that vanishes when you actually are making it possible for more people to be aborted. This guy, you can't use that argument anymore. And this goes against everything that Biden so-called believed when he was a senator. He's changed 180 degrees. It doesn't surprise me. I don't think he knows what his beliefs are from day to day. Patrick Frost, The Woodlands, Texas. President Biden and Vice President Harris are not going to California to get Hispanic voters, but instead they're trying to make sure that regular Democrats get out and vote. You know, that is a very smart analysis, Patrick. They're going there to mobilize their folks, not to persuade anybody else. Very smart. Gary Sexton, Twin Falls, Idaho. Bill, since we are major supporters of NATO, why can't NATO troops get American hostages interpreters out of the Afghanistan? Because they're not there. We're ahead of NATO. We lead NATO. Once we go there, there's no NATO forces there. Uh, Janice Pavel, Colorado Springs. I'm thankful every day that my formative years were in the era before cell phones. I find it ironic and sad that powerful technology makes robots smart enough to understand human speech and replace people is at the same time the technology that is helping to destroy basic human communication skills for so many young people. It's true. Absolutely true. Bradley, concierge member means Bradley has direct email access to me. I listen to you, O'Reilly, for the truth. More and more, the truth is scary. Thank you for giving it, but sometimes it's hard to listen. I understand, Bradley. But you need to protect yourself and your family, and you need to watch us, because we will always tell you the truth and back it up. Dr. Thomas Green, Manlius, New York, upstate. I just read Those Who Trespass. The only problem with the book was I couldn't stop reading it. It was up all night. Excellent novel. First book, Those Who Trespass. You can get it on BillOReilly.com. It's the first one. It sold about 80,000 copies. Not bad for first-time author, okay? And that was before, you know, I was the best-selling author in the world, nonfiction, of course. But Those Who Trespass were one of my favorites because I wrote it way back. And, it, you know, if you get it, you, you're going to be surprised. I think positively surprised. Okay, talking about books, Killing Crazy Horse and Killing the Mob together, 40% off. You know, we're in September now, holidays coming, be smart, we're not going to have this much longer. You get those two books, you might sneak a read and give them for a gift. I mean, just make sure you don't bend the pages. Um, History Tour info, uh, we're picking up steam there for the Trump O'Reilly History Tour. Uh, Sunrise, Florida is Lauderdale, December 11th, 12th. Orlando, 18th Houston, 19th Dallas. Uh, Big venues, 
VIPs sold out in every one of those places, but there are nice seats available. And I'm telling you, this is a once in a lifetime. When you go to that show, you're going to learn a lot. Word of the day, no hauteur when writing to the No Spin News. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if you wish to opine. Hauteur, H-A-U-T-E-U-R. No hauteur. All right, back with a very provocative final thought in a moment. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so here's the final thought of the day. There's a lady mad at me in Texas. I'm not going to tell you her name, but she's mad. Um, O'Reilly, you pretend to be unaware of how political the CDC is. The vast majority of political contributions made by employees of the CDC have gone to Democrats. Were you aware that the CDC has put new policies in place which effectively create a tiered system of diagnosis, which means unvaccinated people will find it much easier to be diagnosed with COVID than the vaccinated. Were you? Okay, look, I know no matter what I say, the anti-vaxxers are not going to get vaccinated. I know that. But Leslie, it is my job to report the truth to you. The CDC may be politicized. You could be right, okay? but it is the only authoritative body from the federal government that distributes information that we the people need. Nowhere else does that happen. If there is fraud in the CDC, if they cook the numbers, that is a felony. So I have to report the authoritative numbers and I look at all 50 states and the overwhelming evidence is that if you are vaccinated, you are safer than if you are not vaccinated. And it's my job to tell you that. Now, you remember last November, I told you Donald Trump was not going to be president four or five days after the vote. I lost support. I lost premium members. Oh, he is. He's there. I knew he wasn't coming back, and I reported it. Same thing with the vaccine. The only way COVID will be defeated in any country is for the vast majority of its citizenry to be vaxxed. And those who will not get the vax, you have a right not to get it in this country, but you are putting yourself at grave risk. That's the truth. 
Thank you for watching No Spin News. We will see you again tomorrow.